delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is on the grid. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Share Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way, a post-Bathurst show. I'll be catching up with Mark Walker and Richard Quayle a little bit later on to wrap up what was a massive week up there on the mountain. You saw all the pictures. Now you'll hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened up there as well. And also, a big chat. Richard Quayle catching up with Craig Lowndes. That's coming up right now. Right, well, our first guest needs no introduction, so we'll just welcome him straight away. It's a big hello to Craig Lowndes. Hello, mate. How are you going? Uh, I'm well. Have you recovered from the weekend yet? Because it was a big one. It was a big one. I think that, uh, sorry, the answer is yes. And I was actually, like, physically, I was actually really good on come Sunday afternoon. I was, uh, you know, like most others, you know, sort of training pretty hard leading into this weekend uh, to make sure that we got through it physically. Mentally, uh, the only thing that I, I probably have to um, confess was that actually my eyes were a little bit sore, um, just with all the uh, dusting and everything now uh, that the cars have now. That uh, you know, there was a lot of fumes and a few things coming from other cars, so my eyes were stinging a little bit at the end of the day. But uh, physically, I was good to go. Uh, just walk us through your weekend, Craig. It, it was a very solid weekend, I think, and ultimately finished as the top. Uh, wildcard in the history of the race, but but we'll come to that in a minute. Just walk us through the build-up and how you eased into the weekend from those practice sessions on Thursday. Well, for me, I suppose the experience, knowing what we we're going to encounter once we got to Bathurst, but for Declan, I think it was a little bit more, you got to almost go back three months prior to Bathurst because he was so keen and eager to do a good job, which he did, uh, but he was just you know, three months ago, he was asking questions. What do I need to do? How do I prepare? What am I going to encounter? All those questions, the unknowns of, of what I was back in 94. So mm. trying to help him and guide him through those early stages of the week was really important. And uh, I remember doing the uh, driver parade earlier in the week. And it, it was raining. It was it was miserable in the sense of the weather, but the crowd were there. And he was so full of life and, and excited about it. And he's like, what do I do? And I said, wave, like, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it. Like, he was, it was just overall of, of everything that was going on. And I think that uh, it was really important to sort of guide him through those first couple of days, the signing sessions, the corporate visits, everything that we encounter that, that I'm used to that he's not, uh, and making sure that we got to Sunday uh, pretty much for him ready to go racing. And uh, and throughout those practice sessions was really important, again, to have his confidence there. So I remember that, you know, the car was good at times in the wet, then it wasn't as good at times. And you could see his confidence waver a little bit. And I kept saying to him, don't worry, Sunday is just a whole new world again. Um, track evolves, everything happens. And I actually remember Saturday in the co-driver session that we just literally put some good tyres on him, sort of, you know, medium fuel just to get his confidence back in the car and what it, we could actually do. And he'd come out of Sunday, uh, sorry, Saturday with a lot of confidence going into Sunday. So uh, that was really important to make sure that we sort of guided him through those, those couple of days. But come Sunday, it was really, you know, uh, you know sun was shining. It was a, a beautiful, completely different day. Did you see, uh, you, you touched on the fact that you could impart your wisdom from what you experienced in 94, but did seeing Declan go through that, that, that first Bathurst moment of being in the great race, 
did that bring back memories for you, Craig, of what it was like when you lined up alongside Brad Jones in the, the HRT Commodore back then in 94? Oh, absolutely. Even on the track walk early in the week, you know, he was picking my brain. Like, what do I do here? What do I look for? You know, where does the rivers run across? Because knowing that it was going to be a majority, it was going to be wet leading into Sunday. So there was all those little things that trying to explain to him, like where to position the car, how to flow the car, do all that side of it. So that was really important to get those that information in, into his brain. And, and then, of course, you know, through this, as soon as we started driving, it was, you know, looking at the data. And I kept saying to him, you know, you're not trying, even if he was, I think it was about half a second or three quarters of a second off one of my times. I'm saying, you're not trying to find that in one corner. You're just trying to carry another kilometre or two every corner. It's just little micro sectors around the circuit. So you, although it looks like a big deficit, it's not. You know, you're talking about a 6.24 kilometre racetrack. Mm. So you're just trying to find little parts everywhere. And, and I think once he got his head around that side of it, he really calmed down, um, you know, at, at times, you know, he, he was, as I said, a little bit overall with, with everything that was going on. Super Cheap Auto did a fantastic job by you know, obviously presenting the car really nicely and beautifully, but it was all also about the, the journey of, of making sure that, as I said, we got to Sunday and he was ready to go. Uh, I saw you talking on Supercars Trackside with our colleagues at Fox Sports about the car during the race, and you said that you perhaps started with a little bit too much wing. Is that correct? And you, you needed to trim the car out over the course of the day? Uh, absolutely. And I think that if you look at every car, they were quite nervous across the top of the mountain. So everyone was running very low drag uh, aero over the course of the weekend. So we tried that early in the week. Uh, the car was reasonably good, but couldn't quite get the tyre life to uh, to live, and that's something. Then you know, Roland, you know, at the helm, you know, people were saying, "Why did he retire?" Because he doesn't look like he retired. <laughs> he said that the rear wing is going to be a, a tool that we're going to have to work with throughout the race, and we practiced that, and I think every team did. We started with a sort of a high wing. The car was really good to begin with at the start of the race, so I was really happy with it. But then, of course, Roland was really keen to get the rear wing down to get that straight line speed. Uh, so we did that. Declan uh, was complaining a little bit about the instability across the top of the mountain, which the low wing gave us. And then, of course, I did a stint and I, I said to the guys, you know, we gained, like we, what we gained down the main straight, we're losing across the top. Yes, we could do a fast lap time, but that's sort of three or four laps. And then, and then the car would become really unstable. So for the consistency, we actually put the rear wing back up towards the end of the race uh, in those last, that last triple stint of mine, just to keep the tyre life. And unfortunately... The, the progression forward was was hindered by that because we had no straight line speed, but we needed the tyre life to be in the mix of everything. And it was a funny race, wasn't it? Because at the start, it was chaos and we saw lots of safety car and lots of drama and lots of crashes, a bit of rain remarkably, you know, when everyone's out there on slicks 15 laps into the race. But then it really settled down and towards the end, it became a race of track position and any strategic opportunity that teams might have had were nixed with that last safety car and everyone ended up with a full tank of juice, basically new tyres and pushed to the end. So how difficult was it to make up ground and especially with those issues you had from a straight line speed point of view? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you can never predict what the end of the race is going to look like, but it, it, you're right. The safety car fell at sort of somewhat the wrong time for some of us that had good fuel strategy and, and knowing that we had enough to get to the end. And again, like Roland being the strategist that he is, like we work backwards. You know, the original plan going into the weekend was for me not to do a triple, but the way it all 
fell apart or fell into our lap that mm. we had to, and uh, which was fine. That wasn't the drama, but it was just more the fact that, you know, yeah, you, as you mentioned, like the, our, our lack of straight line speed was really a big problem, especially when you get the safety car and we all bunch back up. And I was really conscious first couple of laps on every restart is to make sure that we got our turn one with good drive. Uh, and we had Bryce forward behind us a number of times there. And I had a chat to him after we got to Park for May and he goes, geez, your car was good across the top. And I said, yeah, we had to, cause we had no straight line speed. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we laughed about it because we seesawed, uh, you know, we obviously worked to our strength. Uh, but again, you know, the, the finishing eighth was, was the best we could, we could do with what we had. Uh, we would have loved to being able to try to fight for the sort of, you know, fifth, sixth and seventh because they were only just in front of us. I uh, could close the gap to Anton over the top, but of course come out of Forest Elbow and he just opened up the door again. So, yeah, that, that, there's just, you know, the stories that we, we can tell now. And seven of the top 10 cars set their quickest lap within the last 10 laps of the race, lap 151, 152 after that safety car, including you. Uh, how do you feel like you drove, mate? Because you've you've got some seat time this year, quite a few test days, a bit of ride days, but this is your one major race of the season in a touring car. So how do you feel like you got back up to speed? And clearly by the end of the race, you were right there. Uh, I, as I said, physically, I was quite quite happy the way we pulled up on Sunday night. And I think that there's no doubt that, you know, um, I could have gone again Monday. Like, you know, I actually said to Ryan, let's, let's do it all again, but let's, let's make the car faster. <laughs> yes. um, so I... For me, I was quite happy with our performance. I know that, like again, you talk back a month and a half, you know, when we were start, you know, really planning the strategy side of it. I remember Roland asking me, ringing me up, and saying, "All right, so if you have to do a double, you're okay for that." I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And he did actually flag a point like, "If you have to do a triple at the end, do you think you can do it?" And I went, "Well, yeah, I can do it." <laughs> and I think it was a little bit of, I don't know what the right word is, a bit of. Uh, nervousness from him thinking, well, oh, yeah, we know you could do it, but can you do it mm. now? And obviously, you know, being out of the seat full time is, is uh, you know, it, it, you do lose that little bit of an edge. But as I said, we worked really hard fitness wise to make sure that if we had to be in that position, which we were, we could do it. And um, yeah, I, I'm really proud that, you know, what we did, I don't think either Declan or I put a foot wrong over the course of the race. As you mentioned, it was hectic at the beginning because of the wet track on the outside of one, but then there were showers that came through yeah. and they were very much isolated. Like I remember going up mountain straight and you'd go into turn two and it was just this wall of water. But by the time you get across the top of the mountain, it was at, at the chase. It had already drifted through. And, and again, you just have to meet, you know, use the experience to be able to position the car, use the car for what it was and, and to be safe. And, and that's what we did. It was raining at the chase and we were in the media center watching it in sunshine. It was it just such a cliche Bathurst thing to happen. It was one of those uh, crazy races as we always get there. Um, it would be remiss of me to not ask you about your team winning the race, obviously with Shane and Garth, but, but more to the point Holden getting home. And it's been such a big part of your career being associated with that brand. Your debut came with Holden, you returned to the fold and won more races and more Bathursts with them. It, it just seemed like the appropriate way for that brand to put a, a full stop on their remarkable Bathurst journey of which you've been an incredible part of. Yeah, I think it was a fairy tale finish to have a Holden win the final Holden year of, of what our, you know, we all going to now know what the cars were like. I've had a great association with Holden throughout my career. And, um, you know, to be honest, the battle between Shane and Chaz was probably what all the fans wanted. I know Cam, uh, Cam Waters was really, uh, you know, desperate to, to, to obviously get the Ford brand in the, into the mix, but 
you know, those two guys at the front there really had good pace. And, and, and looking back and, and listening to what even Shane said post Sunday night, that he was a little bit concerned with Chaz because we know Chaz is really fast around that circuit and they had a huge speed advantage last year. They just somehow met, like got it all together. And, uh, you know, so when Shane said that, you know, he once he got that second gap and he maintained that, he sort of felt a little bit more comfortable. But to have those battles at the end of a six, six, six and a half hours of racing is what the fans wanted to see. And, and uh, you know, it's a fitting way to finish and, and close the chapter on that with Holden. And again, uh, as they said on the podium, to open up a new chapter with Chevrolet Racing next year. And everyone's excited. You know, I've got to say that both Gen 3 cars, the Mustang and the Camaro, over the course of the weekend with their demonstration runs, they look really impressive. You know, I can't wait to get them on a racetrack. Uh, your mate Garth Tanders within a couple of Bathurst wins of you now. He's got five. Do you go, come on, mate, probably time to retire now. I don't need to get him too close. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, we, we had our team dinner and uh, we all got up and thanked everyone. And I actually did say that you're a buggy, that you are getting close to my, my yeah. number seven. Um, but, uh, you know, look, it's a credit to them. Obviously, the combination between Shane and GT worked really well because of the same height. I think, you know, for the first time and ever when GT joined with Shane, that Shane has a co-driver that doesn't have to have an a insert because Shane's so tall. Mm. But, you know, that combination works really well. And I've got to say that, you know, Shane's in a, a great purple patch. Like, you look at the whole course of this year, Shane has been outstanding. Even to close out Pukekohe, to have him as a Kiwi, to win the last ever Kiwi round, uh, he drove exceptionally well you know, to, to, to hunt down Cam Waters, to then get that pass done and, and then to go on to win it was quite exceptional. So, And Shane works really well and operates really well when he's busy, like driving busy. Clearly. So, you know, he, he just come out of New Zealand. He's driven a rally car. He did an unbelievable top 10 in, a, in the world stage. And then he comes and, and wins a Bathurst. So Shane, as I said, works really well at his best when he's busy driving. Uh, would you have been able to do breakfast TV on Monday morning, unlike Shane, or uh, did you pull up all right? I pulled up fine. Actually, the funny, the little little story that I like to say is that when we had our speeches, it was around midnight by the time we'd all, all sort of finished, because by the time you pack the transporters up, you go home, get a shower for us, get in the caravan, <laughs> freshen up, get to dinner. I think we got to dinner at about 9.30, 10 o'clock. You have, have your, um, your food and everything else, which is great. You mingle, um, you thank your sponsors, you have your speeches. And yeah, it was about midnight, about 12.30, I think the cup started to come out with all the uh, you know, beer ingredients inside it. And then and Lara and I looked at each other and said, we're too old for this. Yeah. Like, we, know, <laughs> we know what the next chapter of this night looks like. So we left. And, and as I said, my eyes were stinging because I just saw the, I could part the fumes, but all because you dry out. And, like, and mm-hmm. I just, um, so anyway, we left. And I wasn't surprised to see uh, Shane the way he was the next morning. Garth, i got to say, he's a bit of a trooper. He's a bit more experienced. He knew what was coming come Monday. And, uh, you know, Shane, uh, yeah, he's typical Shane. He went on to have a big night. I loved it. it was, I think it's amongst the most authentic he's been all season. I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, last one, mate. When, when does the discussion start about you getting another crack at this? Because it would strike me that it was a success. I know you probably wanted to finish high, having won the thing seven times. I, I don't know how you go about eighth position, but surely from what Declan achieved, from what Super Cheap achieved, from a sponsor point of view, they were did an outstanding job, as you touched on. And what Triple Eight did to get three cars home in the top eight of the great race is just an outstanding accomplishment. So when do you sit down and go, hey, RD or slash Jamie, let's let's have a talk about next year and, and get this program going again? When does that conversation happen? 
uh, it's already happened. And I, I, can, I can tell you that, uh, yeah, I'm contracted for next year as well. So that's a good thing. How and what it looks like, that's up to the, uh, the gods at the moment. Uh, you know, super cheap. Yeah, really, we're super excited about the weekend. And of course, after last year, they were running strong. You know, we know Brock made a little, little error on the restart. And, and that's mm. just a learning curve. But the car was strong last year. As you mentioned, it finished in the, in the eighth, um, you know, the top 10 strongly this year. They're really keen to try and do it again. I'm contracted. So I don't know what the makeup is, whether it's Declan and I or whether Declan moves on, um, you know, because he's leading the Super 2 Championship at the moment and he's got one round to go. So hopefully if he can close that deal done, he might ever move up into the main game next year. So then that cancels him out. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm keen and eager and I've already spoken to Roland. Uh, you know, we want to come back bigger and better and stronger next year. And, and if we can do that, uh, you know, whether, as I said, whether that's another sort of junior driver, uh, whether in that, uh, I, I don't mind. I just want to be back there again on the grid. And, and it's just one of those moments uh, early in the week, yeah, Garth, myself and Glenn Seaton, you know, we had that moment in the campgrounds and we, and we just sort of reminisced a little bit about it. And I remember driving back and, and Cito was beside me. And, and I, I really feel for Glenn because he was one of those drivers that have never been able to win Bathurst, not for lack of trying, just mm. certain things going on. But he actually said to Garth and I, I said, why are you still fit? Why are you still relevant? Why are you still got speed? Keep driving because there's no other rush you can duplicate anywhere else but being in that race car. And, and, uh, and I took that on board. And so, yeah, I'll be back next year and uh, you know, see what happens. Last one. I had the great fortune of hosting the the launch, the livery launch of the wildcard entry on the Tuesday. And uh, the crowd there was enormous. And it surprised me how many people turned out for that. I, I shouldn't have been surprised. But uh, there was a moment there when they were broke into the lounge podium <laughs> chant as if you'd won the race. And I looked across at you and you just had this massive grin on your face. It, it must be so special, mate, that after... 28 years of going to that place that you still elicit that kind of reaction from the fans? Oh, it, 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 yes, it is. It's great. It, it, it's something that, uh, you know, uh, for me, I've just really enjoyed embraced the, the, the supercars, the family of, for what it is and had the career that I've had for such a long time. And, and to have the success, as I, you know, I've been openly said that Bathurst is the one I've always wanted to win. You know, when Jamie and I, Jamie takes the championship, that's good. You can have that, that box tick. Um, <laughs> I, I want Bathurst and, and really for me to be able to do and have the career that I've had to be able to go there year in, year out. Uh, and, and like, you know, this year was a great milestone, 300 rounds. Uh, next year, it's my, if I, you know, touch wood that we're on the grid, which is 99% sure we will be, that'll be 30 years of Bathurst. So it, it's, it's quite incredible to think back on, on all those times and, and reminisce. And, and as I said, like to Declan, like just embrace it, enjoy it. Your first one's always going to be your most special one because of all the history and the memories that you you get from it, um, driving in every day, seeing the crowd, seeing uh, what the mountain provides. The weather always plays a massive part, but it, it's it's the embracing of everything that goes on. And and uh, and I ho- hopefully, it, I think he did. Um, you know, we've we've uh, shared some messages since Bathurst, and uh, you know, I said to him, you know, you got one round to go now. Focus on Adelaide. You know, pick my brain. I love it. I love the streets of Adelaide. He's never been there. Um, it's going to be brutal on, on those those guys that have never been there, especially turn eight. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to helping him sort of guide through the end back end of this season and, and really sort of getting focusing on next year because Declan's one of those guys I look back on when I was in 94, you know, it took me 90, 94, 95, and then full-time in 96. So it took me sort of three years to get it to break into the main game. But, uh, you know, for those guys to have that opportunity, even Cam Hill um, is really special. So for me, it was a, it was a great weekend of... of 
A, being trying to be fast, the pressure of qualifying, which I, I, I haven't had for such a long time. The last two years, I've just been a co-driver to Jamie. So yeah. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> but, uh, but to have all that and then to help Declan through it, I think was really special. And even to see, I've got to say, even to see a smile on Ryland's face, um, it's a rarity. Um, but to, to see the emotions come out of Ryland after the weekend was really special. Mate, nice to see you back doing what you do best behind the wheel of a racing car. It was really good. Looking forward to catching up on the GC when you get your Fox Sports microphone back again. Uh, great to see you, and uh, congratulations on another great Bathurst 1000. Well done. Thank you very much. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. All right, time to catch up with the boys and have a chat about what happened over the last few days up at Bathurst. Richard Crowell, good day to you. Hello, Tony Shebecki. How how are you? It uh, What a week. What a what week. A week. We, uh, we filed two podcasts whilst away. Uh, the race talk had its biggest ever five-day period. Uh, we, between Mark, myself, and a couple of others, PR'd a supercar team. Uh, we called some races. Uh, we did some radio. We... we Oh, that was it was epic. What a yeah. what a week it was. Exactly right. Mark Walker, good day to you. I wore out two pair of shoes. Oh yes. Yeah. Yep. I killed one. As in waterlogged or Oh, completely unusable. Yeah. Completely it's just unusable. Stench of Bathurst. Yeah. yeah. There, oh, there, there was if you were camping, if you were camping oh, there, yeah. that would live with you forever. You'd just have to write yourself off and just Go and take an acid bath or something because it's just no good. It's so I, as we record this as usual on a Tuesday evening, and I actually think I prefer being at the Knickerbocker Hotel like we were this time last week. <laughs> that was but intimate, it, wasn't it? It was. It was. Um, we don't give away too much into the black art of podcast recording, but we were on my bed recording a podcast. But anyway, let's let's not go into those details. Um, but uh, I've forgotten the point I was going to make anyway. Yeah, good, yeah. good chat. Time good chat. Anyway, it was a good week. It was excellent. <laughs> it was an excellent week. Uh, let's go back to the start of your week. And, and as you mentioned, you did, the both of you did PR a supercar team. And it did start back on Monday for you guys and then worked its way through the week. Uh, what was it like to be back in that environment for both of you? You haven't done that for a little while. Uh, yes, it was hectic. Good grief. But i tell you what, those lads that and, and the whole setup, I'm so impressed by it. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you come into it with an open mind and you don't really know what to expect because it was a true privateer effort. It was a, a Super 2 team who had some uh, help for the weekend, clearly. He, uh, had some extra people come on board to, to make it all happen. But, you know, the professionalism, the attitude, they're on track running. I was super impressed by those guys. You know, they ran as high as eighth in the race officially at the start-finish line. So they were in the conversation up until they had a, a really tough break with the pit stops there. I mean, literally, if they didn't have that, they would have been just outside the top 10, I reckon, um, in the final rundown, which for those lads was incredibly well done. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And the, the whole idea of a wild card at Bathurst is that it has to add to the conversation. It needed it needed to be something that added to the race, and and that was I think part of the problem with some of the other mooted ones is that they were just teams looking to get a crack at running the great race, and I think it's gone beyond just having a random privateer team rock up Good and call. go racing. Good call. So you had the super cheap auto wildcard, and we've heard from Lounsey in the show. And they genuinely added something because a it was triple eight, b it was a big sponsor, c it was Craig Lounds. 
which adds quite a lot. And D, it was the current leader of Super Two, so it was the next the next generation of of supercars racing getting a crack. The Boost Mobile wildcard was massive profile, a legend of the sport, a comeback story, and so on and so on. And then you had the Caltex Young Guns, who, as well as bringing young stars, as well as bringing Caltex back into the sport, which was terrific. They were two drivers, one who's been around the periphery of the sport for a long time and was looking for the break in Matt Charter, and another in Jalen Robotham, a, a teenager who is on the fast track, you'd have to say, towards being in that field full time. And yet they still were the privateer team. So in my eyes, they all added something really unique to the race and they all played a role in it. And I thought it was such a, a fantastic addition to the great race this year. And uh, I hope we see more more wildcards next year. I would love for those guys to have another go. Like, irrespective of us being involved or not, I think they showed every intent that they they belonged there as a team. They did every bit of good a job, if not better, than a Blanchard racing team, for example. And at the end, Matt was in the car and pulling away from Tim Slade, which he said he absolutely loved. So they belonged. That was an outstanding, mm-hmm. outstanding performance. And as Mark said, the result at the end was 18th. I don't think that actually matters a huge amount. They finished on the lead lap. Uh, they completed a thousand Ks. Um, they were straight competitive and they yep, straight car. They did not have they had a couple of little trips across the mud, but outside of that, they did not have an incident all weekend. And show me another car. Well, there's only only I reckon six or seven other cars in that entire field that could say that about their yeah. weekend. You know, with Matt, I think he's had a bit of stigma attached to him about Sandown twenty sixteen. And I think that sort of stuck with him for that some goes time. Now, surely yeah, that, that goes, goes now. now. Mm. That, he passed Jamie Winkup twice in that race. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Winkup finished fifth. So, yeah. Yep. No, it re- really good. I-, I liked it a lot. It was cool to be involved. Hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, if there's a seat open anywhere, Richie Stanaway could nearly be a great value pickup for some team. I-, I think in himself, he's changed a lot in the couple of years he's been out of full-time driving. He seems to have matured a bit more. He seems to be a bit more media savvy than what he may have been before. And he's definitely driving probably as well, if not better than he was before. Yeah. Hard to get a read on it. He's look, his qualifying lap was outstanding. And I think one of the biggest losses of all, aside from our personal entertainment of the top 10 shootout, not happening was watching the result of a wet top 10 shootout and seeing if that car ended up on pole. Cause I think there was a decent shot that there, it may end up somewhere near, even further to the pointy end of the grid from where they actually started the race, which was on the second row after SVG's penalty. Yeah. Look hard to get a read on it. Um, should he put his hand up to be a co-driver next year or will Erebus consider him for one of their full-time mm-hmm. cars? Hard to see why you wouldn't if he wants to do it. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was. He did a he did a good job. He's a good racing car driver. He's just just had a really odd patch after that one amazing result at Sandown. After that, the wheels sort of fell off a little bit. So, yeah, yeah hard to say. Should X. What about Murph Mark? A two oh five eight faster than he's ever been around the mountain, and he hasn't driven for forty two years or something, was it? <laughs> yeah, a bit of muscle memory there. It turns out he's pretty decent at Bathurst. Uh, mm. Yeah, he Murph did the job that he had to do, didn't he? Um, he that was him done, done, dusted now. What's he 50 years old? So he's called time, but uh, 
pretty awesome legacy he, he leaves Has there. he? Yeah. I, yeah. If if Peter Addington rolls around next year and backtracks on the yeah. whole, I'm going to pull out of the sport waffle and says, hey, let's do this again. Do you reckon, do you reckon he goes around again? No. 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 I reckon he'd find it pretty hard to say no. I reckon he'd he find it really pretty hard to time. say yes. I reckon the fact that he's done it again now and he completed it, he did it, mm, and maybe. that's it. Maybe he just says, right, yeah. Maybe. That's it. But having worked with Murph and seen that competitive fire, yeah. you'll look at the results and go, oh, gee, we just missed out in the top 10. That's really irritating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see him have another crack. It'd be great. Anyway. Uh, other cars that missed out on a top 10 that, well, maybe should have been there. Any thoughts? Oh, unlucky Dave Reynolds and Matt Campbell. Gee whiz, the way they were taken oh, yeah, out of the race. That, that was just... Oh. Yeah, that was really disappointing. And you could say the same for Dale Wood and Andre Heimgartner. Yeah. They were a terrific shot at a really good result. They had great car speed all weekend in the wet and the dry. Like the like the Reynolds-Campbell car. They were legitimately quick in, in all conditions. And there weren't that many cars that, that were as fast in the wet in terms of being on the leaderboard as the dry. So, I, yeah, they were... Um, they were massive losses from the race and they would have added to the conversation end. I think the biggest knot from the weekend we have to cover is Dick Johnson racing. And aside mm. from the dramas with car 17, the thing that frustrates perhaps me the most about DJR at Bathurst is that they just weren't that competitive in the race. So yeah, Andre finishes seventh. It's solid. Like, but it was unspectacular. But this is the third year in a row now, though, that that team have raced at Bathurst and been a bit meh. Like 2020, they finished fourth and fifth, but that race restarted late. And we all thought, oh, McLaughlin's in the car. It's quick, clearly. Scotty's the best driver on the planet at the moment. It's going to blaze to the front. He and Shane are going to have a great race. And they dropped off the leading pack. They disappeared. They weren't in the mix. And then last year, they were they were sort of anonymous as well. And then after starting the weekend so well with good dry weather pace, they, they just weren't anywhere in terms of race pace on Sunday. I think you've been a bit harsh on the 17 though, because Alex did go off quite early and that really ruined their day. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I, but, I saw that. Yeah. You, yeah. You can't do that at Bathurst. No, you, no, 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 you're right. But but both brothers Davison had a shot at fencing the thing during the day. So yeah. but they weren't, they weren't fast enough to win the race. Shebex, and that's the thing that is more of a knot than them ending up parked in the barriers for mine because have a crash, sure, but have a crash while trying to win the race. Yeah. And I just don't think they were, they weren't fast enough to do it, Mark. Like, well, well obviously I've got the mud to prove that Alex hit correct. the fence. Yeah. 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 Covered it. <laughs> Good photos, yeah. though. Yeah. Outstanding photos. He, uh, he tried his hardest to get it out, didn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just that it, little lip. He just couldn't get over that lip. So stupid. Stupidly wet. It's just ridiculous. Mm. The, uh, uh, have you guys got a thought about the Zane Goddard situation? We should cover that off as well. I early. think the 10K fine probably sums it up. He yeah. didn't He didn't mean to do it, did he? I mean, of course you don't want to have a massive stack, but mm. uh, he was out of control and he lost control and he caused a ginormous crash, which is very, very unfortunate. It's unfortunate for Zane because that's going to live with him now. Actually, on the flip side of that, well done, Jaden Ojeda. Yeah, yeah, sort there of, you go. The whole time, come on, Jaden, don't crash, don't crash. And he put on a really good show. He was one of the one of the uh, good drivers there. Um, he's going to talk to us next week as well. I promised him a spot on the podcast if he finished the race. Great. So he's on. We'll yep. get him on next week. Brilliant. Um, what about Percat and Laugh? 
It turns out Percat's 2022 season outweighs a Warren Loft certain podium, unfortunately. Podium, yeah. Shocker. Yeah, that was that was not great. Um, yeah, and then the, the brothers Kostecki and the tradie Mustang. Good yeah. group. The, the power rankings this week, it is mostly just clips of that tradie Mustang yeah. spearing off, isn't it? Yeah, they're, as we record, they're live. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of embedded tweets featuring that car across a, a numerous number of, of sessions, no doubt. Uh, one I do think we need to give a wrap to, and uh, I talked about it a little bit on Sunday, is the Brad Jones Racing combo of Bryce Forward and Dean Fiore. Ninth outright. Yep. Uh, did an out. I thought they did a bloody good job. Flew under the radar all day. I honestly, now my memory's pretty hazy about everything of that last eight day period because a you lot of good. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't recall. I'm sure it did. I don't recall seeing that car on TV the entire day. I'm sure it popped up once. You or might twice. be right. No, no. But, he had a. Uh, there was a big uh, go through the chase, and he got. Fed half a fender. That's right, and he hadn't had the big oppie lock. So I, I reckon that's the only bit of TV they got the whole day. But they just circulated, stayed out of trouble. Their lap lap speed was decent. Bryce has now finished fifth and ninth in two years at Bathurst. So, like, he's had a pretty shocking year. And in fact, he's had a tough two years. Although Nick's struggles in that second WIU car probably mitigate a little bit of what Bryce went through uh, as a teammate to Chas Mostert there. To be fair. But I, that was a really strong performance in what was a pretty dark day for Brad Jones Racing otherwise. Yep. Uh, the combination of Feeney and Wincup, well, they could have been 28th. They could have been out in the very first lap because Jamie was oh. spinning them all over after but, turn one and they end up finishing, what was it, fifth, was it? Sixth. Yeah. Sixth, yeah. No, fifth. Uh, sorry. No, fifth. Yeah. fifth. Uh, but for that matter too, you look at um, the Erebus car of Brown and Perkins. Like that yeah. was in the... Yeah, Anton was in the pits after that lap. Half the field was in the pits after that lap, and we only lost Zach Best uh, in the Castrol Mustang. But, uh, you know, like, Brown's thing was stuffed. It was absolutely knackered, and they got it back out there and finished in the top 10. Question. Uh, We were sitting in the media centre at Mount Panorama, the race talk slash on the grid row, and we had a row because we had had people. Uh, We're sitting in front of our friends at V8 Sleuth. And quite often throughout the weekend, I could hear the V8 Sleuth team, who have some of the most respected journos in the sport, discussing the wave around rule, the get your lap back rule. Uh, now, I don't think you'll mind me saying that Stefan Bartholomeus, who's one of the best journos around, does not like it. Uh, Will Dale, big fan. Where do we stand on that? I, I will go on record, and I think I have in the past, in saying that I'm all for it. I, I, the more cars on the lead lap are better for the motor race. And it was a record number of 19 cars finished on lap 161, which is the most in the history of the Bathurst 1000. I think that's great because any other great race, Will Brown and Jack Perkins, that moment on lap one, done, day over. You may as well park the thing because you're never going to win it. But they got their laps back. Robotham and Charter went two laps down after their break dramas in their pit stop. They got them both back and they finished on the lead lap, which was a huge personal achievement for them. Now they were never going to win the race, but still to finish on a thousand Ks is a huge thing. I, I'm a big fan. I, I don't know what you two guys think, but I, yeah, I'm, I like it. I'm with you. Uh, the advantage isn't that great that you could say it is something that you shouldn't do. Uh, there's an advantage for them, no doubt, because they get back, put back on the, the proper lap, but there's still going to be 24, 25 cars 
behind the leader with still a lot of work to do. So I don't and almost a full lap because yeah. when they go back to green, they get wide by. Yeah, and they probably only catch so up. So they've got to catch seconds. up. Correct, yeah. exactly. So yeah, it's a, it's not a massive advantage. I'm happy with it. Yeah, but it does reward mediocrity, doesn't it? You know, there's no penalty for stuffing oh. up or having yeah, a crash but if, or anything. But if you early get on. taken out like Perkins and Will Brown, you get you get turned around by someone else and lose two laps because of someone else's stupidity. I'm, I'm okay with it in NASCAR because you have a half mile track with 500 laps. And of course you're going to fall a lap down and you have a lucky dog there. And that makes sense. And it, it the lucky dog over there mitigates that racing back under caution rubbish that they used to have and used to try and kill people uh, at Bathurst. Uh, okay, great. We've got this wonderful storyline that we've got 19 cars in the lead lap and you know, what 17 of those cars weren't in contention for the win cool is that yeah, really a good but, storyline oh but, everyone but that's gets no warm different. and fuzzy about it that's but no different to any cares. other year though because so why there's ne there's never there's never any more than two cars in contention for the win anyway generally in that race but i i like having the the opportunity to have other people in the mix uh, just it's good for the show i think it's one of those sporting purity versus uh, versus the show arguments that will yeah. go on. Is it T forever. T twenty cricket versus Test cricket? Where do you sit there? Well, I like both of them. Oh come, jeez. Well, I do. I've been to as many Tests as I have Big Bash games in the last five years. No. So no, I I I'm all for it. I think it. I think it's good. Yeah. Well, no, happy happy for it to stay. Let's have a look at the top three because they're the cars that uh, were just amazing right throughout the entire day, and we'll kick off with third. Your thoughts on Waters and Moffat? Well, they're the nearly team at Bathurst and they've now been on the podium three years in a row without winning it. So they're doing a Warren Luff pretty well at, at car number six. They were the only shining light for Tickford the whole weekend, let's be honest. Um, look, they both drove really, really well. They got turned around by Brody Kostecki at the cutting and that cost them a huge amount of track position. And with that really long extended couple of green flag runs we had through the middle stanza of the race, it was very difficult for them to make up that ground. So Waters had to push really hard at the end. He made a couple of really good passes. Ultimately didn't quite have the raw speed to go with Chaz and with Shane at the pointy end. But third was a good recovery from where they were. And you have to wonder if they hadn't have lost all that track position. Admittedly, it was early in the race. It was like 55 or something like that. But um, with all that green flag running we had in the middle after all the safety cars early, uh, it really cost them. So it, did it cost them the win? No. It, it would have been interesting to see how they ran if they had some clean air or, or ran in the lead for a little bit. But look, solid, weren't they? Um, Moff did a nice job. Cam Waters was fast. They were close, but not close enough. The thing with second and third, in a different parallel universe, what would have happened if they had track position? You know, even Chaz, like he, the whole day, just slightly out of kilter with strategy. Mm. He seemed to be, that, and Fabian, seemed to be passing people, having to fight their way back to the front. If they were in the lead for whatever reason, late, would things have been any different? Would Shane have had anything for them? Because there didn't seem to be a whole lot between those three cars towards the end. You know, it was just the fact that Shane was out in front and he had that advantage of track position. He was able to hold a one-second uh, lead over that last sort of 18 laps, whatever it was, yeah. that had to run I, to the finish. I think the key the key number for all of that is raw in raw speed is when they were all blazing away at the end of the race. So seven cars in the top 10 
set their fastest lap of the race on either lap 150 or 151 or 152. Um, so lap 151, Van Gisbergen does a 626. Uh, lap 152, Mostert does a 635, so less than a tenth behind. But the best that Waters could extract out of that car was a 63. Uh, sorry, a 20663. So it was three tenths. He couldn't go any more than three tenths of a second to those leading cars. Now, whether that was being in the dirty air or whatever it might have been, all the, the stuff we talk about with that. Um, but it just didn't quite have that raw breakneck pace that you need, in at least in this current car, to pass people and to make your way forward. So, yeah, without that truck position, they were nowhere. And without the strategic options because of the late safety car, which meant everyone ended up with a full tank of fuel good to go, no questions over economy or a late splash and go, it, it sort of ruled out any variables at the at the front and turned it into a real sprint race to the line. Great to see Fabian Coulthard back. Uh, he showed some good pace and he just did the job he had to do. It was good to see. Good start. Yeah. Good start for Fabian. Hasn't started a supercar for a long time, so nice work. Um, maybe he, walking... see, he seemed to be happy that he was in a decent car, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what happens when you put good racing car drivers in competent teams and racing cars, isn't it? Yeah, but hang on, he was in a competent team and a good car when he was driving a DJR. Yeah, but he wasn't last year. Last year, <laughs> no, no, last, last year he wasn't. No, no, I'll give you that. <laughs> no, he did a good job. Uh, and Chaz was Chaz, wasn't he? And uh, pushed Shane all the way. Neither of them made mistakes. Um, Chaz had that lurid moment out over the exit curb, but that wasn't going to be the difference between him winning or losing. Drove drove his wheels off as always. And if you can't defend your Bathurst win with a win, seconds, the next best you're going to do, isn't it? So WAU, I thought, were, were very good over the weekend. They were just beaten by the best two drivers of the entire event for mine in car 97. For the, yeah. That podium, there are about maybe three or four people who are happy on it. Uh, you'd have to say the two winners. Maybe Jeremy Moore was happy. Yep. Fabian looked happy, but there were three other people who didn't look terribly impressed with their silverware. Mm. Interesting, wasn't it? You know, they those guys, you know, these three teams have been the teams to beat here at Bathurst, and those other two are pretty hungry, and, yeah, they missed out. And Gisbergen and Tanda, fastest all weekend. Garth was especially at, uh, at times faster than regular drivers. It was well, it just, was. yep, it was just the perfect combination. Yeah, look, it, it is it, the per- it, sorry. I should say it is the perfect combination. No, it is, and and even if you go down and look at how many laps each driver did, it's almost even split between the two, which so, is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, is it though? Because Garth just proves time and time again that he is still any every bit as good as anybody in the top ten percent of the current supercars field. There, there is no doubt in my mind that if he had the drive to do it and to go and drive for a team that wasn't triple eight when I don't know why you do that. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind, he would still be a fiercely competitive front running driver in supercars racing. Yeah. And I'd still think he, he, he didn't quit the, the ride disappeared because the team put out of the sport too early, but he was, he was mighty fastest driver all weekend. Um, when in the dry practice sessions early, he was quicker than Shane across those did a really nice job like just raced so smart, you know, started brilliantly. Everything he did was all, all the box ticking. And sometimes the role of a co-driver in that race is minimized, but that struck me as one of the more even contributions between two drivers to win a race that there's been for a little while uh, at Bathurst. And Garth 
oh, every I'm so pleased for him to be in the group of drivers that he's at now as a five-time Bathurst 1000 winner. It ties with his great friend, Stephen Richards. Um, and then there's only five drivers in front who have won more Bathurst 1000s than he. And it's happened over a period of more than 25 years. Mm. It's rem- His track record in supercars racing, I think, remains underrated for what he's achieved in the sport. And he just keeps adding to it. And there is no reason in my mind why they can't win it again next year, in my eyes. Like, just... It's really awesome to watch. And what do you say about Shane, Mark? Like, I mean, he was in the top 10 in the World Rally Championship Rally a week ago. <laughs> it's, it's just silly. Yeah, no, he's, he's ridiculous. And, you know, also credit to GT is that he was able to hold his grog in better and didn't have to totally. pike on the interview. Totally. Oh, That's well, experience that, for you right there. That I, is I wisdom, was gonna, isn't it? I was going to mention that a little bit later on our hots and knots because that is just classic TV. Absolute. Mm. If you haven't seen it, Shane Van Gisberg and Garth Tander doing the Today Show interview or trying to. Uh, Carl Stefanovic being Carl Stefanovic. And, I like Carl, yeah. I've yeah. been there. I know exactly how you yeah. feel. And, <laughs> and Shane just put up his hands and sorry, guys, I've had yeah. enough. But he didn't He didn't even say a word throughout the whole thing. It was just hand up. Thank you. And I go. And he was late and he oh, it was just beautiful. Really nice. Uh, the other team we should mention too, and they did have the advantage, I suppose, to the extent that they had the entire organisation looking after them, Lee Holdsworth and Matt Payne for Penrite Racing after they lost their first car very early. But uh, that was a very credible six for those two. Yeah, it was. But I don't think many people had them as the top Penrite Racing car at the end of that race had both made it to the end. So for mine, it's a little bit of frustration that Matt Campbell was taken out so early because I, I am convinced that whether they had the raw speed to win it, I don't, I don't think they would have, but could they have been on the podium? Yeah, I reckon they probably could have. I, I think, I think that combo with the pace they showed in the wet and the dry throughout the whole weekend. And I, I had a chat to Stephen Grove on Sunday morning and, and he was at the time contemplating as to whether he actually got, got in his career, a cup car, because he didn't want to miss any of the pre-race pageantry uh, and the lead-up, he said, it's not often you get this opportunity to have a couple of cars in the top 10 of the great race, mm. and I want to be part of it. Ultimately, probably should have not gotten the Porsche because they didn't get any laps to start with. That's another story for another day. Um, but, yeah, what what the nine car did was awesome. They were in really uh, – not the nine car, the um, the other Penrite racing car. Well, they did 26. Yeah. Um, they were cool. awesome, and Matt Campbell was every bit as fast as Dave Reynolds, and, and that's what Stephen was saying. He's like, we have – if Matt has to finish the race, we have no problems. Well, we are happy with whatever way the strategy works. If it ends up that Matt's in the car at the end, we don't care because they'll still be just as quick as each other. And yeah, I, I, that's opportunity lost. And I've got no doubt in my mind that he will be back in that car next year because uh, assuming the IMSA calendar doesn't clash because um, yeah, they, I, I, they're such a good combo. He and Dave Reynolds. Special mention too to Erebus. Like they were impressive all weekend long. They had three cars in the top 10 qualifying and three cars in the top 11 on race day. So clearly a good thing around Bathurst. It's just a shame. Next year, the form guide goes completely out the window because we've got a new generation platform. So whatever mm. good things have happened this year, all we can go off is the drivers. So, yeah, uh, which makes things a little bit interesting at the TAB next year. Can I just say that I reckon Erebus might have had five cars in the field? Because every time I saw those Penrite cars, 
I just thought they were Uber's cars straight off the top. I the truck assist twice. ones. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. The, the orange and orange and black, which I'd like to just throw out there that are our colours. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a big thing. The other ones, before we wrap up this chat, the, the other ones I want to single out for a really good job, and, and in particular, James Golding, who has continued to impress since jumping aboard that premier racing squad um fractions away from getting the thing in the 10 in qualifying was in and around the 10 in practice sessions they finished 12th he and dylan o'keefe who did a nice job as well yeah i I thought that was a really really good outfit um all weekend long and if they don't sign james golding for that car next year based on the strength of what he's done so far that that should have been the final check in the box i would have thought for the team management there um, to go, yeah, this this is our guy to help lead this car because James has been really, really impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, liked it. Really good job. And I think the other people I'd like to single out as well are the people who were up on the mountain camping and doing all that. I mean, to stay there for the full four or five days, whatever they may have been there, six days, some people a week, that's just amazing stuff considering the amount of rain that was there, the amount of mud that was there, the uncomfortableness of just being able to sleep underwater. Uh, amazing stuff. They are through and through fans of this great sport and uh, we would be nowhere without them. Yeah. It was, uh, it was so waterlogged. Like yeah. on, on Saturday, I don't think the rain was that hard. It was just that the ground was just absolutely sodden and it had nowhere to go. And, uh, you know, the, the car parks are underwater. Like, how painful is that? You know, it, it's almost a bit of a knot to whoever organises or whoever is responsible for keeping up keep of the grounds because there wasn't a whole lot of chipwood or gravel put down anywhere in the campgrounds or the car parks or anywhere. So it was just uncomfortable for everyone, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I feel for the, the Bathurst Council because... They will cop a lot for it. And and is is there more they could have done? Yeah, probably. Uh, but with that amount of mud, like no, save from bitumizing the car parks and the campgrounds, that just, it was always going to be a, a quagmire. It was, yeah. it was just so wet. Um, it was unfortunate, but you know, that's, that's part of the deal of Bathurst there, but everyone, Everyone goes there knowing that that could be a thing, especially the campers. So I think they get it. Um, it's it's uncomfortable, but I'm sure they've all been for, been through worse. I mean, it could have been snowing. So on the upside, it wasn't actually that cold. No, that reminds me of a Simpsons episode with all the deer appearing uh, disappearing from Springfield when they uh, astroturfed the national forests. Good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's Bathurst, done and dusted. Congratulations to our winners, Van Gisbergen and Tanda. A couple of other things happened over the weekend. We had a very late and delayed Japanese Grand Prix and a very, very strange situation at the end when uh, Max Verstappen was told that he was world champion. It was all like really weird that he's just ready to do his interview and then, oh, Max, you're world champion. Oh, am I? Okay, no problems. Yeah, yeah, Shebex, I'm going to have to take your word for that because whilst I uh, I kept a brief eye on it while reporting for ABC Grandstand, I'm going to be right up front with you right now and uh, live on the podcast and tell you that I've not watched the race. Okay. Probably don't plan on watching it, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, as big a Formula 1 fan as I am, well done, Max. Uh, happy for the Japanese fans. They got a few laps in. Yeah, they did, and exactly right. And NASCAR, what happened on NASCAR on the weekend, 
Mark. I'm you don't so know. Broke. Mark doesn't no have a clue. That, that James happened. Davison finished fourth. That's great. James what? Davison finished fourth on the Roval, didn't he? Oh, you're telling me. Well, uh, no, no, that was uh, a good run. That was the decider there. Was it uh, Chase Elliott had a win? I don't know. I've got yeah, genuinely no. no idea because, yeah, I, I have never yeah, slept less in my entire life this last week. You're just not and good at it, though. I, I'm not good at it, but also we were quite busy. I don't know. Like, I, I think we finished typing stuff at about 11 o'clock Sunday night. Like, we got to yeah. the track at 5 a.m. Sunday morning just so we could get a car park, but then we worked from quarter past five until 11 o'clock at night. Good grief. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, was, well done. It was great. It was. What we do. I'll uh, do it next week. Right. Anyway. Hots and knots. Thanks to Doc. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with hots and my hot uh TV ratings. And I'm gonna break a little bit of news Ooh. here on the grid, burying the lead slightly. Uh so if you've stuck around this long, thank you. You're about to get some payoff. So there's been a lot of talk about uh, the TV ratings for the AFL and NRL Grand Finals, which were respectively the second lowest and lowest since the current Oztam TV rating system was introduced a long time ago. Not the case for Bathurst, as it turns out. Probably the most viewed great racing at least five years. And based on some digging I've been doing, now supercars have not been able to comment because the KO ratings are not their department. Uh, I've reached out to Fox Sports PR department and they've not commented yet. I'm only assuming they're going to put a press release out because if their numbers match what I've got from a streaming component, it's pretty spectacular. So I'm pretty convinced the streaming number for the great race is somewhere between 150 and 170,000 people on KO alone. It was 111 last year. And I've done a lot of research into the percentage of audiences that have been watching on streaming this year. And last year it was 30%. My reasoning is now it should be, it's probably grown by 10% based on what we've seen with the football codes as well with numbers have been released. So, but what, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that the podium slot for the great race which was the checkered flag and the celebrations had a national audience of almost 2.5 million people Crazy. which means which means it outright it outrated the nrl grand final which had 2.3 million watching on nine so between seven fox ko and seven plus 2.5 million people it's an enormous number when apparently people are stop stopping watching live sport well they're not stopping to watch the great race Great That's numbers. Amazing. That's my height. That that is really good news for our industry for that those numbers have tuned in. Uh and, and I mean industry, not just supercars. It's great for everyone to have eyeballs on the sport. So to have nearly two point five million people around Australia watching the end of that race is a huge result for the sport and the biggest in five years. So well well done to the public for watching that. Yeah. You bet. Did you just go and get those figures from Optus? Like, how did you acquire those figures? I know. Uh, no. You got them legally? No, le- legitimate news awesome. research and a little bit of maths. Well done. Wonderful. Good work. Uh, two hots for me. One was mentioned just before, the Garth Tander and Sham Van Gisbergen Today Show interview. If you haven't seen it, go onto YouTube, key it in, Van Gisbergen Tander, Today's show, it'll come up and you'll laugh 
your head off. Absolutely laugh your head off. Uh, second hop for me, and I also mentioned this as well, was uh, the crowd and the fact that we had such a good crowd considering the weather that we did have. We probably didn't get those people on the Saturday that may have thought that they were probably going to come up and drive back to Sydney on the Saturday night after the top 10 shootout or, or do that. They probably didn't come due to the weather, but they definitely came on Sunday uh, from what I could see. And the campus stuck around and it was an amazing crowd considering the weather. So a big, big round of applause to all the supercar fans who attended. Amen. Uh, consolation hot for mine is the Reckless Brewing Co. Yes. Oh, please. Yes. Yeah, outstanding. Yeah. We, uh, we put at the top of the pops uh, in our preview, the ultimate Bathurst, guide and we were correct it's and can right. we and can mm. we can we say that this is not a cash for common situation because we actually did pay a hundred bucks each for a slab of their beautiful pale ale we did but it could be a cash for comment yeah. situation we would be quite <laughs> happy to talk about that and we would be <laughs> completely upfront with the fact that there could be absolutely be if a cash for comment uh in this scenario but no well done to those guys great uh, local bathurst business and my main hot is a retrospective hot to James Golding uh, for being signed up at GRM, displacing Garth Tander out of his drive, because I think that's provided us with the very best of Garth Tander, hasn't it? It's yes. allowed him to go and get a job in TV where he's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And it's allowed him to go and drive for Red Bull Lampole Racing, where he's just been brilliant. Brilliant. You know, he's the fastest guy all weekend. In the co-driver session. Yeah, crazy. What a gun. And he, mm. his drive on Sunday was absolutely bang on. That That's what won the race. It, you know, SVG got in at the end and he just had to do SVG things, bring it home. But Garth did a, a lot of slog there in the middle of the race and put it in position and, yeah, five-time champ. Well done. Yeah. I, I reckon we've got a blanket knot, which we mentioned on Friday show as well. Sydney Roads, they were just atrocious. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sticking with that. I, I to be honest, Chebex, I, I yeah, that were terrible the whole way. Uh my not I, I don't honestly don't really have one. Um there, there's a lot of small things that, that have been knotted and the, the power rankings are on the website and you can go and read those for yourself. But uh, I, I just the way I feel right now is a bit of a knot. Um <laughs> fairly defeated, I'm not gonna lie. Loved every second of it, but uh yeah, I, I, I don't feel like I want to lower the standard with a knot today. I, oh, I'm, fair enough. I'm just so pleased that Bathurst was back. It was so special being there on Sunday for the build-up of that race and seeing it back, the flyover and the full grid and aren't gridwalks getting out of control, PS? Silly. Um, that could be a knot. Um, and just the, the place being packed and it was such a special thing. So, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to be no, un, no, undramatic and uncontroversial. Oh, the mud is not. Yeah. Not, I think God, we noted that. We noted that on Friday before it got real you bad. You know what? I'll have to. I mean, I wasn't there, but Red Bull Vodka, they're handing out free Red Bull Vodka tickets. And I reckon SVG had an absolute fistful of them. And mm. he walked into the Ox for the after party and he has gone full rookie Red Bull Vodka. It's just not a good thing, is it? You've no, got the. Never. You know, a Red Bull in isolation will wake you up, but lots of them will just screw you sleeping for a week. And the vodka, oh, it's just yeah. not a good combo. Doesn't make sense. You're right. Yeah, it's forces working against each other. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. No, uh, I'm happy to stick with the Sydney Roads as my main knot. It was just atrocious. And driving home because of the amount of rain there was, you couldn't actually see the potholes because they were filled with water. 
<laughs> so you're just driving into them and going, oh, great. Like, and, oh, yeah, I pride myself on not smashing into potholes. And yeah. I absolutely clobbered two. And I was the only idiot out of us three driving my own car, which is pretty yeah, dumb. Yeah, I just it? went faster on the way home and just bounced over them. Uh, and I would just like to <laughs> say a, a little bonus, little hot for the Larry Perkins sign at Cowangie. Uh, for which I had never seen before because I don't normally go the Cowangie way to get to Bathurst, but uh, came back that way, uh, stopped and took the photo. And if you don't stop and take a photo at the LP sign when you drive past it, you're not a proper motorsport fan. Mm. Uh, and I'm very proud to have been through Larry Perkinsville. Can There's I also Cowangie, by the way. Um, but it looks lovely this time of year. Yeah, no, beautiful. Can I also give a self-gratifying knot? A uh, hot, sorry, I should say. Oh. And it's to the Ford... Motor Company, Ford Australia, for allowing me to drive one of their Mustangs for 10 days. Absolutely fantastic. Enjoyed every second in it. 10 litres per 100 kilometres in a 5-litre V8 just astounded me. I did not think that you could get that sort of uh, economy in a 5-litre V8, but you can, and it was just very, very lovely to be in. Thank you, guys. So how about the new Mustang? That actually provided us with a bit of a viral hit of the summer there, wasn't it, when... uh... A certain HRT fan at Pit Exit and Sticky Johnson was rolling out in the new... Oh, Gavin the Bird. Boy, that uh, you clicked well. Liked it. Uh, yeah, before, we, before we wrap up, Shebex, uh, I just want to send a shout out to a couple of podcast listeners. Fiona, who Ooh. came and said g'day at the Super Cheap Auto wildcard launch on Tuesday. Hey, Fia. Uh, Kyle Berkey, who looks after a lot of the Domino's pizza shops in the region. Domino's is a super job. On the $3, $3 Domino's in yeah, Bathurst. They were well trying done. to sell a record number. Apparently they didn't quite get there for their record, I'm told. But uh, thanks to Kyle for um, for coming and saying good day and um, to the other people that came up who I have since forgotten your names temporarily, mainly because of um, lack of sleep-induced paralysis. Uh, I apologise, but thank you for coming up and saying good day and we really appreciate you listening to our waffles here on the grid yeah and also just on behalf of everyone out there in on the grid and trt land to you two boys for the work that you did over the uh the week of bathurst and supplied everyone with all the information that they needed and required <laughs> and mark walker some of those photos that you came up with it's getting choked up mark amazing right there no, it is it's beautiful no, well, it's just it's just great to be involved with such a, uh, a fantastic team well done Look, let's be honest, 90, just uh, take a deep breath there, buddy. Uh, 90%, 95% of it was all Mark. Uh, I was off, I was off, uh, I was off just filling in dead air on television while we were in a rain delay. (laughs) Mark was taking photos and filing content and I was sitting there chatting about Mark Larkin pulling the hairs out of people's legs on live television. So actually that lack of uh, racing on Sunday afternoon probably saved us all. We we got out of there a bit earlier than we should have. It was, uh, it was if there were one winner out of that, it was probably our um, bedtimes on Saturday night. I tell you what, I did love listening to Karen Ty on the ABC for three hours yep. on Saturday afternoon. We will be crossing into Bathurst very shortly. Richard Quayle's just been commentating, but when he comes back, we'll be. Do- and he, she just kept on going. <laughs> and Richard Quayle never came until no, I did. The I six got, o'clock news. I got there at five. Uh, I felt very bad for Kaz. I was texting her all the way through, going, "Look, I'm, I've been stuck in live television. I'm really sorry." And at the same time, I was telling the TV people, I need to get out and go and do the ABC. But uh, no, it's nice. It was funny. It's it's such an amazing thing to speak to Sporting Guru. Anyway, we've waffled enough, Shebex, I think. Great race. Great result. Sport the winner. Um, Go to the race team, TRT. Mm. Lots of content. 
Jonah Jader to join us next week. Look forward to it. Catch you then right here on The Grid.